Love that song, Don't Care What Anyone Says. You know what's funny? Like a year ago, you may remember, if you've been with the show a long time, uh, I had a different intro. That, w- that was a very different style. And when I switched over to this new one, which is um, Rhythmine by ZZ Top, really good album. If you like blues, if you like good guitar, it's one of my favorite albums ever. Uh, amazing guitar work on that, in fact. But anyways, once I switched over to that, so many people were like, bring back the old one. And so they were basically saying, don't play this very popular song by people who have been doing this for three decades. Bring back the stock piece that you got for 10 bucks. Uh, but I guess everyone has their, their opinions. Anyways, uh, we're going to do a question block today. I have a cup of coffee. I don't have any specific subject I want to talk about. So in those situations, I fall back to uh, the questions that come in through Laracast, through Twitter, through Facebook, through Snapchat. Just kidding. I don't use Snapchat. Okay, let's uh, dive right into it. It'll be a shorter episode. I have about five or six. Okay, what is the hardest part about running Laracast? Um, I would say two things. One, the the expectation that there will always be new content can wear on me personally. So it's just the business model I picked that most weekdays you will be able to visit Laracast and there will be something new. Uh, And that's fine, but it does get to a point where it wears me down a little bit. Just the expectation that I always have more to teach. It's very hard on me personally and on my brain. Uh, but on the on the flip side, it gives me really good excuses to continue learning, to continue buying books and, and, and researching new things. So that's one. Uh, but two, I would say the the bigger concern from running Laracasts for me, and this is a it's a personality thing. It doesn't apply to everyone. But for me, it's just the the stress and the anxiety from running the business and the feeling of competition around me and the feeling that I have to keep up and, and -and so-and-so business is doing this. So I can't, I can't rest on my laurels. I have to get back in there and do something new myself. Yeah. It's almost like the rat race where, where everyone is pushing really hard. And I feel like sometimes I can't just sit and enjoy my weekend or I can't just take a day off. You know, I work for myself. If I wanted to take Tuesday off, I totally could. And that's the funny thing. You think that, but then when you do start working for yourself, uh, you probably won't really ever do that. At least if you if you have a good business, you won't ever do that because there's so much to do. And in fact, you probably have more to do than you did before. Um, so yeah, it, it, that, that part is very hard for me, the stress and the anxiety of what's going to happen next month. And will I be okay? And is somebody going to come and blow Laracast out of the water, and I have to keep up, and I got to keep going, going, going. Um, that part is, is really hard on me. Okay, question number two. Will you cover Vue X in the Vue series? I'm so tired of this question. So as you know, if you go to viewcasts.com, V-U-E-C-A-S-T-S.com, um, I, I'm, I'm going through Vue 2, and we're covering it piece by piece, and the entire series is free. So I, I'm very, very excited about this. But people keep asking if I'm going to cover Vue X, which is, I don't want to get into it. It's just kind of a pattern for handling state management. But at least in my point of view, it's a little overly complex, and it's not necessarily appropriate for maybe the majority of projects. I feel like at a certain level, it would make good sense. But a thing I always have to deal with at Laracast is if I cover this, then everyone will feel like they need to use it too. 
I'm not, I'm not being, I hope that doesn't come across as cocky. Like, well, if I say it, then everyone does it. Um, that's not what I mean at all. But, but there is some truth to it because there's a lot of newcomers. There's a lot of intermediate developers wondering what is the next thing? What is the next step that's going to save my code base? Um, so my worry is if I illustrate that, even though I'm not the biggest fan of it, I feel like it's sometimes programmery, you know, or it just feels very programmery heavy and it kind of gets away from what I think the beauty of you is. Uh, but anyways, if I were to cover that, which I still might, but if I were to cover that, I feel like everyone would think, well, I have to use this for my, for my little task app, for my, my little project where it's completely unnecessary. It's covered on Laracast. I need to use this. And this is how these over-architected applications start to build is, is people, at the very least, they want to try it out and they don't necessarily have anything big to try it out on. So they try it out on their small project and then suddenly it just becomes part of their workflow. And I'm not sure that's necessarily a good thing. I think there's much simpler ways to go about state management. So with that said, I'm going to cover a few different ways to manage state. Um, with Vuex, I may give it one episode, but with a lot of clarifications on when you might reach for something like that. Okay, so moving on to question three, what can we look forward to from Laracast in January or beginning in January? Um, actually, a handful of things. So right now I'm finishing up uh, the View series, and I'm finishing up a series on accepting payments with Stripe. Uh, so those are kind of like the two big ones I'm focusing on, but they will be maybe other than the View series, which may drag on. Uh, they mostly will be done in December. Starting in January, we're going we're gonna to cover a lot of stuff. We, we will review... Um, some of the new things in Laravel 5.4, which it's actually shaping up to be a really good release. I have a lot to cover there. Um, one thing I had been putting off, but we're going to have like a, a hands-on project where we build a forum like what Laracast offers. And this is cool because it does give you so many different little techniques to, to review. Everything from events to eloquent relations to eager loading to caching uh, to JavaScript and Ajax. There's really a ton there. I'm a little concerned about it because those long series are are actually very, very difficult to do. And I think you'll find for any big course like that, um, most people will never get to the end of it. They will get five or ten episodes in and then they lose interest or life happens and they forget and they don't want to go back to episode 11 when they've been away from it two months. So they just kind of never finish it. Those are always very, very hard series to do. But we're going to tackle that. I unfortunately have to re-record Laravel from scratch for um, version 5.4, but I was thinking this time I may do that behind the scenes and then release it all at once uh, because I've had, to, I've had to redo that three times now. Uh, as you can imagine, for a site called Laracast, it's really, really important that the intro to Laravel series is current. And after a year of recording it, it becomes not current, so I have to redo it. But yeah, I was thinking this time I may just take a week and knock it out and then post all... Uh, 20 or 25 videos at once, and then we can move on to new stuff. And then uh, what else? I, I, I want to cover advanced view that covers some more complex topics like testing and, and things of that nature. Okay, so question one, hardest part about running Laracast, kind of the stress and the anxiety. Question two, are we covering Vuex? Maybe, maybe not. Question three, new courses coming. And question four, what am I speaking about at Laracon? Uh, you know what? I'm not entirely sure. So you can go to laracon.us. It will be July. Actually, let me check this. Laracon.us. I believe it's the week of 
July 25th and July 26th. So yes, I will be speaking uh, after taking a year off last year. Uh, my wife and I had a baby about a month before, and I just didn't I didn't want to add that weight to my shoulders because uh, you never know. Could something go wrong with the pregnancy and then we're having to deal with that, but I'm scheduled to speak at a conference? Hell no, I don't want to do that. But uh, I've been thinking about one thing. Th- this idea I've had looming around my head is a talk called, uh, pardon my French, but all the stupid shit I've done. I think it would be funny, and I think it would be brutally honest. And I think as a a conference goer, if I were going to a talk like this, I might enjoy it. Just somebody being completely honest about all the things they've done, all the stupid stuff they've done, um, the mistakes they've made, and then how they repaired it or how they improved it. Uh, I think that would be pretty educational. And I would just go one after the other. Well, here's one thing I did that I thought I was being really clever and I thought I was being super programmery, but it turned out to be complete garbage and a waste of my time and benefited me no way. So I refactored it to this and now it's better. You know, that's the sort of thing that I think would make for a a funny talk and a a very educational talk. Okay, next. Is RAD good or not? Uh, RAD stands for Rapid Application Development. Usually it's associated with frameworks like Laravel or, of course, Ruby on Rails. Um, Yeah, you know what? This question comes up a lot from newcomers because they hear the term RAD, Rapid Application Development, and why would that not sound good? But then there's a, a big community that says that's really not good because the faster you go, the more mess you create. So it's like running really fast through a room and you're knocking stuff over left and right. And eventually, you're going to have to pick all that junk up. So even though you thought you were being fast, in the process, you've destroyed your entire room. At some point, you'll have to slow down and clean everything up, and it's going to be a big mess. Um, That's the argument, at least. But I feel like that's a, a false argument. The simple fact or truth that a tool or a framework or a library allows you to move more quickly does not mean that you are creating a disaster in the process. That is the myth, I think. And in reality, when people talk about unmaintainable code bases as the result of RAD, uh, I really don't think it has anything to do with the framework itself. The framework basically will allow you to do anything you want. That, that's, if we're going to talk about Laravel, that's one especially annoying thing when people criticize it, because it is not one thing. If you want to build the most um, Nanda-complicated architecture you could possibly envision with Laravel, you totally could. All of the facilities are there. It does not hinder you in any way whatsoever. If you've seen a facade or some global helper function that, that makes your blood boil, you don't have to use any of that. You can inject the, the concrete class or the associated contract or interface, and, and you're good. You can architect it in any way you want. And also, on the flip side, if you want to use facades and global helpers and never use the contracts, then you can totally do that as well. So it's entirely up to you and your team how you build an application. So when something ends up being uh, a big mess, then it doesn't really have anything to do with the framework. It just has to do with the choices they made. And the problem is many times you will get like contractors and people whose entire job is to go to companies and help them with their code bases. Well, here's the thing. It's kind of this weird situation where if they are being invited to fix a code base, then every code base they see is going to require fixing, right? Presumably. But if you think about it, that means it's the only things they're ever exposed to. They're not exposed to the applications that have been running for a decade or five years that use uh, RAD frameworks, that use ActiveRecord, and are perfect. And then there's no problem there. 
So as always, it just comes down to the team and the choices they make much more than whether they use a RAD framework or not. But is rapid application development good? Well, why would it not be good? Get out of your head. Of course, anything that allows you to be more productive is going to be a good thing if there's no side effects. Some will say there are side effects, but I I would say that's BS. There's not. There's only the decisions you make. Okay, the final question I have here. It's December. What's today right now? As I record this, it is December 8th. So this question is uh, kind of a fun one. What would be on your developer Christmas list? Well, I can tell you, I'm not going to be one of those people who says, my Christmas list is only for for all of us to love one another more. And then you see me at a coffee shop with a MacBook. Okay, so I'm I'm not going to do that. But I would say on on my developer Christmas list would be uh, the new MacBook if you could afford it. Uh, I was lucky enough to to save up, and I'd been waiting a very long time. So even though the new MacBook was a little underwhelming, it's still, in my opinion, the best MacBook they've ever made. I, I'm using it right now. I've really had no problems. Uh, a lot of people have, but I assume those are things like graphical glitches that that are being resolved by Apple. But personally, for me, like I've, I've had zero issues with it whatsoever. It's a, it's a great machine. the The Touch Bar I kind of find annoying, honestly. Uh, it's, it's very much a gimmick, I would say. A few nice things, but I almost never reach for it. And you know what? I, As a developer, I wish the, the function keys were back, to be frank. So that would be one. Uh, you know what? Another thing? I, I'm telling you my Christmas list, but this just happens to be what I've gotten in the last few months. Um, I've been using... Well, of course, I have my laptop, and then I hook it up to a, a second screen. So I don't have an iMac or anything, and then also a laptop. I did that a long time ago, and it was always so difficult to keep everything in sync. So I would think that this program was installed on my laptop, but I installed it on my, my desktop, and I would have to do it again. And then, uh, of course, with, with source code, it's a little easier with, with Git and GitHub these days. But still, it just felt like I was doing double the work. So now, my only machine is the MacBook, and then I have a second screen. Uh, but I also have an external keyboard, and um, I was using the trackpad, you know, the, the Mac cool, flashy trackpad. Um, but you know what? The the other day, maybe a month ago, I went to the Apple store and, you know, I was just stealing their internet, if we're going to be frank, as we all do. You go in there and you check your email when you're waiting for your spouse or, or kids to finish up. But anyways, the the computer had a traditional mouse. And you know what? I don't know why, but I hadn't used a mouse for years. I've been using the trackpad ever since. And it felt really refreshing to use it. So I immediately went home and ordered one, and it almost feels like an old t-shirt or something. It, it feels so good to use. And I didn't realize that the trackpad was annoying, because it's not annoying, but you know what? Now that I hold this mouse, as I'm doing right now, um, it feels so much better. So that would be one thing on my list. The new-ish, the new-ish Apple Mouse 2. And what else? Um, oh, you know you know something I actually do really want, and it's not coming out this December, is that is that new Nintendo Switch. I really want it. I'm getting too excited. Last night I saw that um, Reggie fils was he's the president of Nintendo of America. He was on uh, Jimmy Fallon, and they demoed that new Mario game that's coming to the iPhone, and then also the Switch. It looks so good. I wish it was coming out in December, but it looks like it's going to come out in March with or without Zelda. Nobody knows yet. It still has a release date of, of 2017. Uh, I have my fingers crossed that it's going to be March because they keep demoing it over and over. I would think if this is not a, a release title, then they would feature something else that can be bought on day one. Uh, and a lot of the rumors and signs point to more like summer uh, due to localization issues. But you know what? I'm not convinced. I think 
they are going to force March here. It's just too important for them. But yeah, th- that would be at the top of my list easily. But it's not coming out for Christmas. So um, yeah, let's call it a day. Uh, I am Jeffrey Way with Aircast.com. I will see you next time. Bye.